Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here. This is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. We me, Kev Dillon, Aaron Jew, Craig Pinches. And today we've got a very special guest on. A young man that I've known oh, since he was eight years old, a long, long time, Andrew Price. Now this young man, he won the ABAs twice, then he went to the Four Nations, won a gold medal the first time, and a bronze medal the second time. He's one of our, the Lions Boxing Club's most decorated boxers, so I'm very privileged and honoured to have him on my show. So Andrew, tell us about your boxing. I mean, when, you, when he first started at Pensnet School and the Lions first started, he was eight years old, we had to kick him out for swearing <laughs> 100 years ago. Well, that was just having a bad temper, I think. Well, he was just being a baby, wasn't he? Yeah. And then you come back to us at 11 years old, you and your brother James and Andrew come back with you, didn't they? And When Nathan come back. Did Nathan come back when you first started? Yeah, when we first started. Nathan you come back, back with Nathan, didn't you? Yeah. So that was the Pens Net School. We opened up here in 2000, some years ago, eight, bruv. So tell us, tell us about your journey with the boxing first. Do you know, the boxing was, um, it was a good time in my life, to be honest. I met a lot of good people. Your dad's a nice man. John, your mum. You know, and uh, not only that, a lot of people who I met through it, Good people, genuine people. Lifelong friends, aren't oh, they? Yeah, a million percent, even now. They are still stay in touch. They have a lot of the lines. Well, it's funny, I mean, some of the people have lost along the way, like Passy yeah. and Hickey and Rollsy. But even like when Rob Rolls was poorly, it was, it was you that found him, wasn't it, in the hospital? Well, I think a lot of people helped him. Oh, you found him and then you told yeah, other people. Yeah, I just, at his, at his last couple of days, I think, I found him. Um, I was in there with a family member and um, I just had like this feeling, this gut feeling that something wasn't right. Mm. And um, when I like looked into it more, I spoke to the nurse, I said, I said the guy that's in, in here, she's, she, cause she said he was playing up cause obviously you know he was a yeah. bit like. He was a bugger one in the 20 well, stone. Well he, he, he had brain tumours and, and you know, it sent him a bit yeah. do lally. Um, yeah. and I said to the nurse I said she couldn't tell me his name and I said nurse I said do you mind if I um, say something to you I said is that Rob Rolls in there and she said yeah it is I'm not supposed to tell you but it is and from then I had to just go and help because I've just got yeah. a, I've got an helping heart and, and um, I did my best for him well, that's you, all you phoned up and then Ricky Sums got involved yeah I got me. involved yeah and everyone know but it was the Lions family yeah got of course involved there, so our family come together. Well, that's what, that's what we are at the Lions. We're a family. You know, that's what it's about. Mm. So, do you remember your first couple of bouts? Oh, yeah, I remember the first couple of bouts. Yeah, I lost my first one. Mm. I remember when I lost my first fight. And I think just give me the ter- determination to get back into it. Yeah. So, how old were you when you first... I was 12. When you... 12 when I had my first fight. And then you won the ABAs when you were 14. The juniors when I was about 13 or 14, yeah. Unbelievable. I won the juniors then. And that's what I'd like say to these lads to say, like, um, I couldn't remember if it was you or your brother, because your brother James won the ABA as well, didn't yeah. they? And I said, one of you lost your first couple. I that went, was but me, I, yeah. I went, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. 
that's part of the journey. You learn from that and you think, that ain't going to happen again. Yeah. And you go out and then I think it was the next season you went and won it. Uh, the juniors then went to the Four Nations, which yeah. it was back then, gold medal. Next year, ABAs again. So it's your first couple of events don't matter. It's the learning curve. Yeah. And uh, as I say, like through boxing, you went on and you accomplished just wonderful things that most people only dream of. Yeah. One about was brilliant. The Midlands is brilliant. To then go and win England and then be the greatest boxer in Great Britain is phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an achievement. It's a good achievement. And then what age were you when you packed in boxing? Well, I think about 16, I think, I reached um, a stage in life. Um, I think it's from the community I come from. Yeah. Um, where it was either make a decision to box for a living or make a, make a decision to work for a living. Mm. One of the most, it, it was my biggest regret. Mm. When you look back, yeah. uh, I remember your dad saying, you know, you look back and you regret mm. it, which, which I do. But in a way I don't because um, I've got other focuses in life. Do you know what I mean? So. How do you think as a child's different how you look back on yeah, as a yeah. man, isn't it? And you often think, oh, if I can have these couple of years living on beans on toast, I can live the rest of my life yeah. as a millionaire. But at that time, making £100 a day, thinking, bloody hell, like, I've made it. Yeah. But that's hindsight, and we all look back yeah. with, with that. But I imagine in the travelling community, it is different as well, isn't it? Because yeah. everyone's like, um, you, you had like you and your brother, is he a year older than you, Jay? James then, is 11 months older than me, yeah. And he, he, you know, he had like a, his own business by the age of 11, didn't he? Well, it's just what we born into you know we've, we've been born into a working family mm. and we've always worked for ourselves well because you lost your mum so young I was four when I lost my mum mm. so it was a bit of a, a shock in the family of course so how, how did she pass she passed she had brain tumours mm. so that's why I think another thing when it relates to Rob yeah. you know I, I felt the pain again yeah do you know what I mean I know he's, he's a family member and it was just that that news of when he when he got diagnosed with it, yeah, it was like love just yeah. radiated through me just to to try and reach out to him the best way I could. Could you remember that when he got diagnosed, he was twenty one, wasn't he? And they gave him six months to live, and he ended up giving another ten years. Yeah, lived ten years, and I remember when he got diagnosed, he said, uh, "I'm going to start travelling now. I'm going to live." And I went, "Well, you can't fly. I won't get insured." And he went, "Well, care if I can drop down dead in Bradley Hill, or I can go and see Thailand and America." And that's how he lived his life. Then he just lived guilt-free and mm. without consequences, but if I want to do it, now's the time. We could all learn a lot but from what that. A guy. What a great guy. That's how Mad you should live, into, you know, like, that, that's how you should live. If you, I mean, if he took either what the doctor said, yeah. I mean, you've never wanted a doctor be, to be wrong in your life, have you, until they give you that kind of news. Yeah. You know, and he lasted, what, another 10 years? Another 10 years, bless you. Don't but, get me wrong, it was a battle for him, that 10 oh, years yeah. was a battle. Oh, you know, we, um, I never knew. I think I know someone that knew him who used to work up in Porium. I think his name was Luke, and I remember him saying his best. Did he used to go to the races? Oh, God, I remember he's into everything. Yeah, he went everywhere because I, I know his friend uh, passed away, and he was his good friend. And I believe he boxed, so he, he might be the same guy. Well, yeah. when he passed away, we we raised money, and we've got him his memorial on the outside of the door. As you walk in the doors here, there's a big plaque of Rob because. That was his gravestone, that's where he met all his family, Quinton and Ricky and us boys, lifetime mm. friends who were cleaning his bits and what and draw for when he was passing. We were there because that's what family should do. Yeah. If you need someone, that is when your family comes. A fam family member isn't just there when you're winning the ABAs. Your family's there when you come off your motorbike. Mm. 
and he's, he's visiting every day because that's what love is. It's not, I love you when you're at the top, it's I'm still there for you when you're down on your bum. It's, it's mad a, a boxing you'd be expected to be barbaric and you put your shit out of, of each other. Yet you create no, such a love. brotherly yeah. bond. Mate, yeah, that's... love. You know, I remember when we, when I was at my peak in boxing and um, there was a lot of other guys who was here as well. Well, kids at the time when we kept, yeah. you know, they was at the peak as well. Mm. And they was like, you got Carl Spencer, yeah. you had Ricky Whitehouse, you had my brother James, you had Luke Tucker, Richards, Tucker, Luke Richards, Whitbread, Dave Whitbread, you know, you had Gary Tomlinson. Gary Tomlinson. You yeah. know, all the, there was all mm. boxing at, at a good level. Yeah. But when we sparred, when we started to get better, more love started to come through. Yeah. yeah. So we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't hurt each other as much. Yeah. But like it was when, ferocious, wasn't it? It was, it was still ferocious, it, it, it but was before like, yeah, we yeah. won really anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. but when we started to win things, Johnny Bray. Johnny Bray. When we started to win things and 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 get higher, yeah. there was a love that came with it. It's it like, you know, I know how good you are, Andrew, or I know how good you are, Kyle, or I know how good respect. you are, James. We need respect. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember Bob or, or John would say, Stop punching each other. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we that, that much respect for each yeah. other. You don't like, want to job each other. No, yeah. it's, it's um I think that's I think that's with lots of gyms, isn't it? But that's not just us. I mean, we were look, lucky at the time, and luckily we've got it back now with Osmer and Tom Jones and Rigo mm-hmm. Southall and Matthew. And <laughs> you don't get as good sparring on an England camp than you did in your own club, and it was like that because yeah. all of you were Midlands national championships. You were the best lads in the country, and you're all in one club. Yeah, and that, that it was brilliant. But as you say, you you you'd have a real good spot. But if one was out, you'd go, "You're right, brother." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it wasn't trying yeah. to finish because you're brothers, and twenty years on, you're still brothers now. Yeah, and that's what people people see boxing as barbaric, but they don't see the love with people who haven't got the family, and they see the coaches, the dad, and Auntie Julie who do anything, and yeah. your brothers, and that's what I think. If more, cl- if the country was more like a boxing club, mm. you'd have a much better, much better world. Mate, I, I've not seen your dad. I mean, I've, I've started, when you first started down Penn's at Scordon, you were a bit that younger than me. Yeah, it was in the gym. And I, the gym, I remember but... going to that. It was the other time we're after school, maybe on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I used, I started going to that. And you know what? I could not see Bob for... Because I, I, I didn't... I was in and out of it. You know what I mean? I'd come down and train, then I wouldn't, then I would, then I wouldn't. Um, and I'd not seen Bob for years. But you know, when you see him again, yeah. it's, like, it's like yesterday you see him. You know what I mean? He's, he's always got... He's a, he's a lovely bloke, hey, lovely you're bloke. old man. You know, I learn, learn a lot from him. You don't mince his words. No. You don't mince his words, which well, you can respect. Well, it always makes me laugh, because Dad's one of them. He'll come in and give you a royal bollocking, <laughs> and you'll still love him for it. Like, was it you who said, no other man on the planet can talk to me <laughs> yeah. like yeah, your dad does. Only love for him. Yeah, that's the respect again, though, indeed. You know, well. there again, you know, achievements. He's put something together that's going to last forever. Yeah. You know... And we will get him in it's, on over the shows to talk about a growing up with a visually impaired so having a visually impaired someone who's still a young man, and then going into his journey with GB. Mm. But uh, Andrew, going digressing from the boxing, so you finished at like sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> what did you find yourself doing then? Just working and providing, and mm. enjoying life. Yeah. Um, met but, a lot of good friends along the way. But it hasn't all been fun and games, has it? Over the well, last couple of years. The last Last five years, I developed an anxiety disorder, so I suffer really bad with anxiety. Um, that's what the doctors put it down to. It's just 
been chaotic. And you can't, you can't understand unless you've been through any of these anxieties. Because like, there's nothing... There's the fear of going into the boxing gym where you're thinking, I've got to stand up in front of 200 people. That's nerves, isn't it? Yeah. And then nerves will make you perform. But anxiety is crippling, oh, it's isn't crippling. it? You know, you can feel the pain in your body. Yeah. Um, you just feel mired. You know, you try and talk yourself around and it's just... It's crippling. It's crippling. There's, there's been, like, times in my life where I've sat on a bed and tried to just... I've curled into a ball and just... You know, I've prayed as well. I've yeah. just prayed for God to take it away because there's no reason... Like people say to me, Andrew, what's up with you? You've got everything going for you. You've got a lovely life, you've got a lovely family, you know. What are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. Mm. Do you find that hard being in like, the travelling community as well? You know, in the community that I'm from, um, they're tough beings. Mm. You know, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're programmed to be tough yeah. from, from a young age. Which, it's good in one way, but in another way... Yeah. It's you need to understand that we're all human beings, yeah. and there's not many humanitarians amongst us. And I've, I think the reason I ask that question is because obviously my sister's, you know, my sister's husband, you know, James, yeah. and like to if if I was to hear him talk about certain people uh, of the non-traveling community, he'd just say, "Oh, he's stupid or he's silly," and this and I thought, like, he do, he's never been through it, and I thought, is that a traveling thing where, not so much a lack of understanding, but like you say, just that tough love. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and not understand. It works it. for some people, but for me, it just don't. No. Tough love, it just doesn't work for me at all. Mm. You know, when when I speak to people, I try and give them love yeah. in me vocal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's how people should talk to each other. Yeah. Well, speak to people with respect, <laughs> and you'll get respect back. I think because so. you've been through pain, though, in your life. You understand when you it. see it, you can see it in people's eyes sometimes. It's the understanding yeah. of it. So you're saying anxiety there, so Kevin knows my story, I suffer with anxiety and I don't understand it. Like okay. Sometimes I'm like, why is this happening to me? Because then I only recently found out it's a form of mental health. Yeah. And when you have that stigma of mental health, you start thinking, I'm, a cra- this, I'm talking like five years ago, I'm a crazy, there's something wrong with me. And my mum's got mental health, so you then know? I was like, I'm just following her footsteps. Yeah. So then you have that anxiety on top of the anxiety that you're already trying to control. And, you, and when you go somewhere, you're thinking, I hope someone understands me. Absolutely. It's yeah. horrible. It's like, so you go into a crowd of people, yeah. Yeah. as soon as you start talking about like, your mental health problems, mm. it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You're like, oh, he knows what I'm going through. Yeah. And you, and you feel like grabbing them and saying, stay mm. by me all night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, that's, it's, it's but do you think, though, if you maybe express that, say, within your community, maybe like in a slower way or in a more like cautious way, because obviously you can't just go out there and say, hey, guys, I'm anxious for it. You know, you might get like yeah. the wrong response. Do you think more people would maybe maybe call you to the side and maybe have a conversation with you? Because I, I find it very difficult to believe that we're all so tough because even mm. like within a Sikh community so I come from a Sikh community yeah. the whole ethos behind being a Sikh is your warrior mentality so yeah. the religion is based on like warrior tactics and stuff so everyone's got like a bravado like you know we'll have a fight we'll do X, Y, Z but they're warriors they're warriors they're warrior. yeah. Yeah. that's a difference yeah. you know you come from a family of warriors I come from a family of war- warriors Kev comes from a family of warriors everyone, but here we are ev- with anxiety but, yeah but everyone yeah. comes from a family of warriors yeah, yeah, because no matter how far survived. you go back it's survival <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely do you know what I mean but the thing is with the black country at the minute, it's getting so tough mm. to survive yeah. that we're seeing more argumentative mm. relationships, yeah. worry, yeah. stress, anxiety, yeah. uh, depression, uh, suicide. Mm. Yeah, suicide's horrible. It's massive. We're seeing it in the black country, you know? Up, but I think it, more we can talk about it, because um, I'm very blessed. I've known many travellers up here, mm. and I'm very open with my own 
um, flaws and anxieties. And <clears throat> when I started mentioning it to them, they're going, I haven't been able to say this before. However, I just could end the bottom of the car and have a cry. And yeah. I think more we can talk. So it's not just, I'm having a bad day. Man up, son. Yeah. Yeah. And that them bollocks throwaway comments, it. mate. And there's only so many times I can knock on the door and say I need help. If no one answers, eventually I think, fuck it, I'll do with it on my own. Mm-hmm. And they would normally deal with it on our own, is by the bottom, bottom of a bottle, bottom of a bag, or doing something horrific, horrendous, like ending it. Mm-hmm. And when sometimes that could have been avoided by just going, let's have a chat, Craig. Yeah. How, how is your nan? How, well, how that's is your where addiction comes from. Addiction. Addiction, alcoholism. Every problem, it manifests from something that you've experienced. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in that. To get my word across and say, if you do suffer, go and seek help. Yes. You know, don't be, don't be proud. Don't be proud because I spent three years of my life, three and a half years of my life, blanking it, like blanking it out, yeah. and then running around the world trying to figure it out myself that there was a problem everywhere else. But really, the problem was in me. You should have been like me with that privacy. Like when I used to get in a dark place. I go and see my brother in Thailand thinking I'll escape from my problems but the problems went when wherever I went yeah, yeah. you know what I mean when and you I, come back they're there again they're still there yeah. but I'd sit there thinking oh yeah I'm alright now but then I'd still hit the bottle I'd still do this I'd still do that because I want getting away from the problem because the problem was still with me mm. I was changing locations but the problem would go wherever I went it was in my suitcase mm. and I think as soon as you can go and see someone like Nick Davis or go and see someone in get to the bottom of the problems. They're learning how to switch that, that switch down. Why am I getting angry? It's because of this. Why am I drinking? It's because of this. Why am I doing drugs? It's because you of- You know all the right answers, but you can't put them into practice. Yeah. You know, that's- That makes sense. That's, that's the anxiety. That's the anxiety. You know you shouldn't be doing something, mm. but you can't- Escape the side. But then you get anxious about that. Yeah. The fact that you're not doing what you should be doing as I well. I suppose paranoia creeps in then as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that a you, that you think, oh, oh, and they see me having a breakdown. And, they, yeah. and then you're anxious about, you know what I mean, people's perceptions on, can they see me having this breakdown? When on the surface, you're probably all right. Yeah. You're looking at them, you're, you're just Andrew, or you're just Aaron, or you're just Kev. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where deep but down, you're At the end of the day, man. we're all human beings. Precisely. You know, we're not these big, tough men that everyone think. Yeah. And even the massive... Lennox Lewis's of the world, hmm. Frank Bruno, Tyson Fury, Nigel Ben, Nigel Ben, and I think it's so wonderful now that these role models, yeah. these big tough guys, are going. I've been through that, and if, but by the grace of God, they must have had someone around them who loved them dearly, hmm. to give them the strength to allow them to talk to that person first, because no one ever just starts a podcast and goes. By the way. I'm anxious. That's bollocks. Yeah. You know, you need that first person to talk to and then it builds confidence and courage and then hopefully by the grace of God you get through it. I think sometimes you're open as well. You can be open. I mean, we're open here, but we're like-minded individuals with, with good arts, you know what I mean? But sometimes you can be open and it just water off a duck's back. So, it's, you know, it depends on who you're speaking to. Who you, Because some, like you said before, some people will just laugh it off or they'll just... Oh, 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 you'll be all right tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, we all have them days. You know what I mean? And you think you need to go to a safe person, somebody yeah. that you can trust, mm. who's not going to judge you, because that's the most important thing. And I think if you have that friend or a family member or someone like that, I think that will massively help. That's what I, I found. Think being judged is not a problem for many people, mm. but I think being condemned 
for the problem you're going through or mm. for the problem you're experienced. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, elaborate on that for us, because that's a great point. Well, being condemned on, on, on a situation, like we live in a world where there's so much temptation, mm. so much wrong that it's hard to escape from. Mm. You know, and it's, it's been going on for many years, you know. But if you've got an addiction, mm. if you, or if you're from a family or anti-drugs and, and mm. anti-everything, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you, some people develop a problem, like mm. smoking weed, yeah. drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. um, doing Whatever. laughing gas, yeah. Yeah. D- doing normal gas, doing crack, heroin, whatever the problem might be. Talking from my perspective, I couldn't go to my family and, and tell them that. Yeah. Right. So basically, a lot of people hide it. Yeah, and then it's not regulated. It's not regulated, so no one knows about it, but they more. just think, oh, this person, he's all right, he's just going off doing his own thing. Yeah. But really, he's got a problem. You know, there's not enough families out there who can detect a problem if they haven't been through it their if own selves. It's hard to see a problem if you're not aware of the problem, yeah. isn't it? But I've said this for years, if we legalise drugs, we've lost the f- war on drugs, but if we legalised it in a chemist, and he said, I want, it, I want to have a smoke tonight, but I'm a bit paranoid, don't have skunk, have resin. And if I want to do, have drugs that's regulated, I'm on heroin, have this safe bag, here's your prescription, and then they give it to you, so it's safe. They give you the needles, you have to take them back. If we manage drugs better and educated people on the drugs, mm. We less, have less problems. And then the money that was re- um, brought back in, put it into mental health. Because when my friends have been to Bushy Fields and I've seen how they've been treated, it, it's frightening. Yeah. You know it's not, it's not as caring as we'd like to believe. There isn't that. I thought when they went in, they'd constantly be a nurse there saying, are you okay, Kev? I'm having an episode. Let's practice the breathing. It's just, go to your room, have some tablets. Yeah. You'll see the doctor it's not in three the answer, weeks. Is it? It's not the answer. I'd exchange these drugs for these drugs. Whereas I think if we had a better system of monitoring the drugs that people are doing anyway, same with prostitution. Girls have been doing it since the dawn of man. But if we could have somewhere where the girls had um, a bouncer, cameras, everything, they they were checked all the time to make the punter safe, the girl safe. It it, it just makes sense. These things are going to happen anyway. So let's make it safe for the people. And I think if drugs were legalised, I'm not saying I'm going to Morrison's, I'm going to buy some, uh, I'm going to buy some fairy liquid biscuits. I go, oh, heroin's on special. I'll get a bag. <laughs> that ain't gonna so happen. If we're talking about that topic. If they legalise it and and do it that way, prostitution. Because mm. prostitution's a big thing these days, isn't it? It is. You know, and, and a lot of people has. do it. Mm. But then you got the thing of, it's not discreet anymore. Do well, you know what I mean? You'd have it in areas. You'd have it like in Amsterdam. You have that district that yeah. does it. Make it safe for the girls, the punters. Because at the moment, it's uh, a lot in areas around here. And it's just in flats where blokes are knocking on doors. No, I, I can see where you're, where you're coming yeah. from. Make it safe. You know, you know the only like thing with that is, okay, sorry, is it, like, like with the drugs and that legalised, the only thing with that is governments had legalised it and then crime rates had rise because the price had skyrocketed because of taxation. They wouldn't, but it's they wouldn't not, see. It's not the drug takers. It's not the low-level drug dealers. The criminals are the gangsters. It's the importers. It's the mules. It's these, the high-end oh, drug okay. dealers. It's not someone having a bag of Charlie or a rat because 
is a drug addict or he, he's got his own problems. So you get caught with a couple of bags of whatever and he does five years in pen. Mm. His life's changed then. Mm. Whereas really, he's either making a couple of quid or he's got a habit. So why, like as Andrew was saying, why condemn him for something that he's into? Mm. He's, not, he's not a good man. He's not um, shooting people up over this. If you legalise drugs, you wouldn't have the gang culture. You'd, you'd still have a black market like you have with fags. Mm. But it wouldn't be taking out neighbourhoods and, you know what I mean, mm. make it safer. Then if the heroin was on prescription, you wouldn't have to go and rob your next door neighbour for a wedding ring because you're getting it anyway. That's the thing, crime comes with, the, with, yeah. with, with that, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, addiction, it comes with crime. People get on heroin and crack and whatever and mm. they, they ain't bothered who they robbed to get it really are they but if they had a and system of getting it because yeah. they're still going to do it but if we can make it safe for them to get the, the proper stuff safer for the neighbours so they haven't got to feel like they're going to get robbed and then when they're on it every time they come in a lot of people would say no at first but every time they come in and go you do know you can go and see Andrew Price at the Lions Boxing Club if you ever do want to come off it would that would that um would that possibly, I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. here, you know what I mean, like I do often, but would that possibly lead to more people experimenting with it because it's legal and people because People are experimenting. Everyone is doing do you know, something now. If you don't mind me just no? saying something. I, um, I, you know, I do roofing for a living. Yeah. And I was, um, I went out to quote a job down in Warleaf, actually, where you, your area kept. Yeah. And um, there was three young boys. There was... Um, I'd say about 12 to 14 year olds. And me being a dad myself, got children growing up. I overheard the conversation and I was, I was walking into this house and they was talking about getting eye of things you can buy from Asda. Mm. You know, if there, was, there, there was Googling it. Mm. What can you get off? What, what can you get eye off? Um, you know, um, products from Asda or mm. league, like, Basically, they were saying, "What can I get to get off?" Yeah. But that's where it starts, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, they uh, start. Harmless fun. They start sniffing paracetamol, or they start sniffing whatever they can, or doing that gas and glue and gas glue. on it. Well, it. It starts from mm. that age. Now, a lot of people, a lot of children escape it because they've got good families around yeah. them. But then you got the least fortunate people yeah. who are sucking into it, and their life is just. Probably one out of every five kids, if you yeah. was to, if you was to look at who, who you know doing growing drugs. up. It's probably one out of every five. And when think. you see these 40, 50-year-old men walking up and down who have got a, a drug addiction, you know, whatever it might be, crack, cocaine, yeah. heroin. Heroin's mostly because they're at the end of the line. Yeah. You know, they've tried everything else. It's heroin that they're hooked on. Yeah. I, I'll it's gave, the strongest. Um, I gave a guy a lift once. He used to come around my mum and dad to try and sell everything from tools to cheese. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. His dad used to bring him around, his dad was in a mountability car, and his dad had no legs, and this and that. And he used to come and come and come. And you see him now, I see him up at the hospital a few weeks back, I see him outside on bargains, he's got no legs, and he's in a wheelchair. And when I gave him a lift up to Dudley... Um, when It'd be he, fucked if you were in the chair. Uh, it would be, <laughs> it would be. But um, yeah, like when, when I gave him a lift... <laughs> <in my day. laughs> when, I, when I gave him a lift, like, I said to him, like, you know, what's your story? Because I do ask people... And he says, just just got with the wrong crowd, and I, yeah, mm. try this and try that. He says, and I tried it. He says, no. Before I've you been, know, it's been hooked ever since, and now he's got no limbs because he's addicted to fucking heroin, and he's still doing it. Which, yeah. to be fair, it, like, there's no point in him not. But a lot of the lot of the people I've known, a lot of my good friends who've had terrible drug addictions, 
and there's because they haven't got the circle of friends or they haven't got the family mm. or they haven't been surrounded by the right people haven't been surrounded by the right people or they've made a mistake but they haven't had the education mm. around it and I think more education we have about the things once again a chemist so you're not just phoning up someone going I'll meet you around the back of Morrison's and you don't know what you're having zooting up your nose or putting in your in your syringe or smoking it if you had someone we'd go in you'd find out and then that person could tell you like with steroids mm. you can go and buy it from Jeff behind the counter but if you had someone going this is really going to mess up your testosterone in later life mm. and education you can't take the dealer's word because he's mm. just trying to sell you a product mm. but if you have someone there going this is this by the way you might have these side effects if you've got paranoia don't do this there are other things just because uh, alcohol is legal doesn't mean you drink absinthe every day mm. Sometimes you just want to kind of lager. Which is a depressant. Is it a depressant? You know, a lot of the worst things to drink is when you're depressive is alcohol, usually. I've found anyway, because, mm. yeah, you might you might forget your worries while you're on the way out, before, man, you're coming back home. In the morning. It's still there, isn't it? It's still there, and it's worse because you've got an headache and you've got less money in your pocket and you've got puke down you and, you know, you yeah. just think of kebab or something. But, I mean, it's all right to party. Like you say, everything in moderation, even drugs, I suppose, ev absolutely everything in moderation, you know, because nothing's too bad for you if you moderate it. Even your bad days are good for you, yeah. as long as you can control them and you can moderate just, them, because that shows you that... Abusive. Exactly. If, if you start to torment yourself and you're addicted to them bad days, not so much addicted, but you feel yourself visiting like a fiend and you're visiting and visiting, then they're bad for you. But the odd bad days, okay, because that... that lets you appreciate the good days and lets you think, fuck me, I had a bad day yesterday. Today no I'm full of life. No real no. person, no genuine person only has good days. No. If they if they tell you that if they tell you that they're trying to tell you something. Every one of us on God's green earth has bad days. No matter who you're shagging, and what you're earning, whatever job you do, some days you go <sighs> and that's natural. It's when the bad days outweigh the good days and that's when you've got to change something I always say enjoy the good days and deal with the bad that sounds very nice saying but sometimes them hard days are fucking hard to get through yeah. so what's some of your coping mechanisms bro? I know um, sometimes you pop up here when you're feeling a bit yeah, shitty well, come up here see the boys and training young lads and stuff um, playing guitar yeah. music music's my escape mm. yeah music's my escape from it from the um, from the anxiety, and have you found that's helped you? Yeah, it does help. Yeah. You're getting back into it now, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've been um, I eased off a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, but it's just it's just one of the things I want to adapt to my life. Do you write your own songs? I do write my own songs, yeah. Well, if you yeah. don't mind at the end, if you wouldn't mind, well, for us. I'll, I'll perform for you later on. Brilliant. But because uh, a lot of people don't, was, what did you go on? What show did you go well, on? Well, when I was about, I think it was about 21, I went, went on to the X Factor. Yeah, you got through. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was in the, um, it was the auditions that oh, wow. I went to, the open auditions down in Cardiff, and um, I got through like, there's like three rounds before the... Did you get to boot camp, was it? No, 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 there's three rounds before you even audition for the, for the live. Oh, is that? Yeah, for the live shows. And I got through, just never got the call back, do you know, yeah. so um, probably that wasn't the right time. 
Do you know what though? That's that's what Not makes right you go going on to them TV shows. That's what makes you think of you know when they're absolutely fucking shockingly bad, yeah, yeah. and you think there is there's a lot of auditions before you get to the auditions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all it's all it's entertainment it's though, isn't it? You gotta have some of the bad. I mean, I've heard Andrew like you sent me some stuff like long back yeah. and I like you said folk folky music into it. And yeah, like, it's like a form it's of indie good, music, like yeah, yeah really like really good. What kind of musicians do you do you like? Oh, I like a few, James Bay, James Arthur, um, David Gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I like them sort of, Yeah. them sort of eras. Meaning, I like meaningful songs, songs, yeah. songs that tell a story. It's a good album, actually, James Arthur, his new one. Yeah. I've been listening to it. I went, see him, I, went to see him, um, yeah. I went to see him down in uh, the, the O2 Academy okay. in Birmingham yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Album. I really enjoyed it. James Arthur. Do you know what? I didn't buy into him. Like, you know, it was nice. I thought, what did he do? He won it enough for. I'm not big on them TV shows anyway. Like I thought, what? But you know when he, he released a few, he released one called Kryptonite, produced by Ramsey, and he did his last. He say you won't let go. Mm-hmm. I started to I started to like him, and he's just I, come out now. To be honest with you, off. I knew he was gonna be great when I first seen him. Mm. I, I, I put I a boy into it, him, man. I, I, you know when you just see someone, yeah, you yeah. thought he's singing. He's not just singing. Yeah. He's he's emotion. Yeah, yeah, well, he's, yeah, well, he's, he's, he's yeah. transforming his earth yeah. into a song. Yeah. And that's that, what makes great artists, isn't yeah. it? He's very expressive. You can you can hear his emotion in with his lyrics, you know, in with his vocals, and you know, I, I like him. I do like him if I'm honest. So they initially, and it's funny how some brilliant people can do that. They have um, such horrible things, and they can turn into such beautiful things. And I think if we can do that, be it a boxing club, or picking up a guitar, or your MC, and what you're doing with a property, and find your voice, mm-hmm. we've got to use the cards that we're dealt mm. you know what I mean we can either walk away from the table or we can play the best possible hand we can I think if we play with the cards that we have as well we're at an advantage as well yeah because our truth isn't it it's easy that's to our about. truth you know yeah I mean? because we can speak about we can speak about anxiety all day and we can connect to so many more people rather than somebody reading a book or is this what anxiety is and then trying to teach people no, we you know can't. what it's like you no, know you're going through you can explain that yeah. Yeah. Feeling yeah. when you're there you know believe it or not I remember um, being a believer myself mm. you know I uh <laughs> I pray a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say I pray a lot. I know it's be. the world that we live in today. It's mm-hmm. there's too many religions. There's a lot of politics around it, which mm-hmm. I don't want to get in, involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and like <coughs> what I'm trying to talk about now is it, it's it all relates to the same thing, really. Yeah. Like when he just said anxiety. Yeah. When it first came over me, I was asking like God, what yeah, is yeah. this that I'm going through? Yeah. And how long am I going to go through it? Mm. But it's only like when you start living your life and doing what you're supposed to be doing that you understand why you, the anxiety is mm. Mm. creeping up on you. Mm. Mm. So basically, like you just said, talking about it, hosting a, a, a group of guys together so, just to talk about the truth and what's so, really going on, it helps people who are looking on the outside because so, they're like, oh, well, I'm not the only one who's going through it so, because so. I can see the proof of it. There's four guys here in a boxing gym. Yeah. They're all come from strong families yeah. and they're talking about a weakness yeah. that's inside of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's anxiety and it's coming from fear. It's, com- it's, from, the, it's from the system that we live in. Yeah. There's it's so much fear and anxiety and negative speech. Yeah. People don't speak life into when they talk. Yeah. They're speaking about negative Point nonsense. Time, yeah. They're talking yeah. about drama. Yeah. They're talking about things they see on EastEnders. Yeah. You know, that's the not news, a community. It? It's the media, it's the news, everything. A community, yeah. a community needs to be based on truth, but it's really going on. But as you, on the flip side, it's either negative or it's 
I'm doing wonderful. I'm, I'm it's very fake. Yeah. There's not that real talking of, I don't care if you've got a, an Armani watch or you're, it, I like the truth and I like the honesty. Yeah. I don't begrudge you for doing well. I'm proud of you for doing well. Yeah. But I also appreciate when you, you have the, the goodness in you to come on and say, yeah, you know me as Andrew Price, ABA champion, mm-hmm. da, 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 but I'm going through it. I've been through it. Yeah. So you are not alone. No matter what you're going through, there are a million people out there who are going for the same thing, so please don't suffer on your own. Like Andrew said, it's about the community and, and being real. You know, like, like you said, you talk about this and you talk about that, you're either perfect or it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things at the moment, it's like, you know, we won't get into them too much, it's like the, the non-binary, the transgender, or, you know, or it's racism, or it's this, that, and the other. And a lot of the time, it's, it's pockets of people arguing with the majority over something that they don't really understand ignoring their personal issues, their anxieties, their depressions, and their things I'm suffering with, and them, them getting a bit bitey about something that don't even concern them. And it, it's sort of distracting everyone from from the truth that people are going through. It's uh, just caring. I don't really give a kipper's dick what you look like, <laughs> who you're shagging, Absolutely. what you're doing. If you're yeah. a good person, I will accept you. I don't care what you're putting it in. As long as you're putting it in me, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, okay. but, where's the fooling up, mate? <laughs> but as long as people are caring human beings, yeah. That's all we need to be. But that's why people these days are frightened to, to, to go to these places where cause there's so much stuff on the internet about finding God and, mm. and searching what, what God you want to find, about, find out about him. You know, when they go to a church and there's people who don't understand what people are going through, it tends to become mm. a, a condemning mm. society mm. around mm. people you really need help. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You sort of get ostracised from from these little communities before you've even been a part of it, yeah. just because they don't understand you. And to be fair, it's bloody hell, that's in a date we don't need. We don't understand it. We don't want to understand it. We don't want to learn it. Fuck them off. Like, leave them out, basically. It's, well, it's I remember Ashley Nixon first come back up here and he was saying that uh, while he was in prison, he found God and he looked at me like I was going to take the mickey out of him. I said, Ashley, never be ashamed of finding faith. Yeah. We all need faith, whether it's in God, in a book, even if you're just having faith in yourself, we all need faith. And never be ashamed of believing it. If Father Christmas makes you a better person, then believe in him and grab with both hands. Because mm. if that faith makes you better, then you've found something wonderful. It's, it's about self-belief, self-belief. you know and, and like a lot of religions out there now who talk about the Quran the the, the, the Torah the Bible and they talk about the what's the, what's the see, book called I'm get in trouble now the Guru Granth Sahib okay. <laughs> I think I said that right right okay yeah, I'm not a religious person no, so no, I don't follow religion no, yeah. right because there's too many politics around it absolutely politics yeah. spoil everything mm-hmm. yeah I now agree. the main focus the reason I found Jesus inspirational because he, he was one of the people who were like a bit of a rebel. Mm. He was like, you know what? You're teaching all these politicians and everything else that people are suffering. Yeah. You know, basically he was a good Samaritan. You know, he was a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why he's known 2,000 years down the line. Yeah. He went, he went Do you against, understand? According to the, like, the book, he went, against, he went against everything to do the right thing. And yeah, everyone's but, now because and he knows what society that he lives in. Do you know what you know? I mean? Like, I've, I've never been a religious guy. I've been a curious guy, and at times I felt, I 
I felt like I've wanted to find a faith or be belonging to one. And I've always said, I envy people that have a faith because you know when times are hard for me and my, my kids call pull me out of it and whatever else, and you, you're just looking for someone. I envy people that, that have a faith and truly believe in it because at least you've got that. You know, I feel like you're on your own. Like me, if my kids call pull me out of it, no one can and I've, I don't speak to God or anything because I've never been brought up with a faith. And I always said I envy people with a faith because at least they've got something that comforts them. You know, if you, you don't mind me just saying as well, when you rely on yourself like that, that's because you're a tough person. Mm. And it, that's nothing to be ashamed about. Because yeah. that's you going inside of yourself. So what you do, you go inside of yourself, you go to the deepest part inside of you, and you're like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. Do I sit here and suffer in silence and just become no one sitting in the corner who people mm. just walk past and throw a couple of quid in, in, in mm. the jar to or do I stand up and speak yeah. and just by you speaking now you're doing something about it exactly do you know what I mean you're helping people mm. overcome what they're going through you know you need you need self praise for that because yeah. that's tough you see you don't you don't ever see it until someone says it in, in you know from that perspective you don't ever see it you just say I suffer alone and not, I'll go through this shit you know what I mean Brock come out that's just you going inside yourself thinking what do I really want to achieve in this life that's yeah, all true. that it is and that's what Jesus did yeah. exactly the same I won't talk too much about Jesus because I don't want to talk about religion or because it's too too deep but it's no, but just I think the principles that you're saying in terms of how he yeah. how he lived how he treated people every great person suffered with some from that. every great yeah. person yeah. suffered with some sort of anxiety yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know in every book that you read it's there yeah. it's, it's there in black and white and especially artists whether it's music or painters or actors especially artists you know, it's their pain that makes them it's a tortured soul yeah. and I'll read before that some of the most beautiful, honest art comes from a place of dark discomfort. Mm. And it does, you know what I mean? Like you say, James Arthur, he's been through the mill in life, you know what I mean? He's had, as you call it, many crosses to bear. Yeah. And you hear that in his music and that's what makes him. But, you know, given, given his successes and that, would he give all that up to have not created that beautiful art due to the, the discomfort, you know what I mean? He's, he's crazy. But, but like you say, we, that's what we're all here for, isn't it? Is to... Talking about the truth. Lean on each other in an honest way. We it's said earlier, truth. you like when you put in the group about it's not just a Tuesday thing of now, course, man. and it's not of because course, this man. this place, this boxing gym, is bought. We've we, we've all got good hearts, and that's that's the thing. And it's nice to be around people. I could phone Kev or Aaron or whatever and say, I'm having a shit day, yeah. and I know they're going to think, fucking hell, exactly. here again. What's the matter, mate? You know what I mean? And, and the crazy thing is, six months ago we could have walked past each other and not thought anything. Exactly, probably wouldn't have spoken to each other. Could have been sitting in a restaurant, think, I ain't gonna talk to him. And vice versa. And yeah. Here we are. We've had a couple of conversations. It's been about three or four months now. And now it's like any problems like when we heard about Lee. Well, thanks like, for telling me I've left out for that long. Yeah, no, anyway. Yeah, we're now. Yeah, We'll look at this diverse group that we've got here today. Yeah. We've got Seek, we've got a traveller, we've got a lad covered in tattoos, <laughs> you know, got a really handsome bloke That's with it. very small ears. <laughs> Full of self praise. <laughs> as you can see. Self praise is no but, praise, I was told. In, in the real world, as you say, people who think, I'm not going to talk to that mm. brown lad, I'm not going to talk to that travelling boy, yeah. I'm not going to. And once you take away all the bollocks, it, strip it all down, and you go, mm. he, he's a lovely person, he's, he's good for a laugh. Yeah. he's going down but we don't do that in the real world I always say about the Bible the good Samaritan he'd be fucking hung nowadays what you cold off my coat what you after you pervert mm. that's oh you're hungry what, what is you're it? frightened to be that's so true. That, 
humane yeah. to yeah. people. You know, you know, you know? the crazy thing is, you mentioning that is, we was in Turkey in May, we was over <coughs> there for three weeks, and there was a, a group of scousers, a fam- family group, and some young lads. And they speak to me for quite a few days, and they got speaking to someone we was with. Mm. And then they got speaking, and what he said to her was, fucking hell, he says, I thought he was going to be a right prick and a troublemaker and that with his tattoos, he said. And he's one of the nicest blokes I've ever spoke to. And so I said, that's, that's the problem with preconceptions, you know what I mean? Yeah. The misconceptions. You, you judge me based on colour of skin or tattoos or communities and that. And mm-hmm. it's just never further from the truth. Because yeah. usually you took it back because, yeah. it, you know, it's never how you plan it in your head. It's never how you think. Well, I thought that battle all my life have been mm. accepted. Mm. You would be from, from a travelling community really as well. Good, like, of, you'd say, people would say gypsies. You say gypsy to people like, oh, yeah. gypsies, you know, yeah. what, what, you know, we're not like that. Well, I said that the traveling community have as much, if not more racism than most people, especially. You know, you can be any race in the world. Mm. You can be black, Pakistani, you can be Whoever. Indian, you can be any, anything. Mm. You could be an alien from planet Mars. As soon as you say gypsy, mm. they all run. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't know gypsies. Yeah. And that's what I've had to fight all my life. Growing up around a, a non-gypsy community, mm. I've really found that hard. But finding the boxing mm. and finding a great family. Mm. This is a mutual ground here, isn't it? It was accepted, and that was that was the most important thing. You leave Being your backgrounds accepted. at the door, don't you? And yeah. 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 the yeah. And there's a common ground here, and that's that's the beautiful. Well, even place just behind there, we can't see it on camera now, Kev. You, you know, like with the clothes and stuff. Yeah. And we were just talking just before this now, like just for a community. There's clothes, charity, there's like toys and everything I can see there. And that's just a very small community getting together yeah. and donating to charity, which is, which is beautiful. And I'm like, if every single person did that, even like once a week, once a month or something, the world would be in such And that's a one place. small community within Broly Hill. That's well, that's you know. not just Alliance. That's clubs all around the country, mm. all around the world who will get people, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are or whatever, or where, if you're a bugger, as long as you're polite and you come in and you obey the rules, you can be part of the team. And that's not just us, as I say. There's many, many, many not great course, clubs. Of course. You'd, not, you'd never want to strip the character from someone, would you? Like the, the tongue-in-cheek or the jack no, character. you want the You want the cheekiness and whatever else. because yeah, everyone's organic in their own way, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. If you, you try and strip that Absolutely. back, then everyone's yeah. manufactured. So you don't want to completely strip it back. You've just got to know when to dial it in and, and act accordingly, you know. And, and I think, oh, I'm, a, I'm a cheeky bugger, you know, I can be, you know what I mean? Like... Sometimes I speak out of turn and often I speak too much. It's Maybe you just speak honestly. Yeah. People don't like the truth. No, they don't like the truth. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do think of fucking old Craig. You know, you tend to just write. You're right. What's on your right, you want to say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you're, gonna, if, if you're of that nature, you're going to say it. And a lot of people are not going to respect that. And that's what I mean. Coming in here, you don't want to strip people of the character. No. I mean, you would take it up. Yeah, you wouldn't. Well, yeah, when I'm confident. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah confident. when I'm confident. But like I said, that anxiety and, and the stress, it soon takes it away it from you. It strips it from you, man. It strips it from you. It's like, it's just this dark force. It's crazy. And that's it. seems to smash it to bits. But no one would see it because you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't tell anyone in the street. Like, you wouldn't just go up to them and say, oh, I'm anxious today. Like no, you say, you, you'd still be the cheeky chappy that they know yeah. and have known for years. And so when you to mention that to them, they're like, Andrew. Anxiety, nah. Fucking always laughing, he's always yeah, this and always that. He's always happy, you know. Exactly. It's, it's not that, is it? Go on a bit, talking from the uh, from the heart. We're going to finish in a bit. So, Andy, if you wouldn't mind, will you um, get your guitar? Yep. 
I could do that. And play a little song for us, and I'll yeah, finish us out um, today. I will do that for you. I'm you just thinking of a song to sing, to be honest. Um, sing from the art, bruv. Just, just make it up as you go along, I do. <laughs> There's a country song that I quite like, and it's um, it's by uh, Brett Young. If anyone's ever heard it, I'll play it anyway. Talk too much or be too bold, and I don't want to weigh you down with a heavy load. I've heard you say that you could handle anything, but what I really need to know is would you wait for me when I gotta leave? Could I promised you my love but that promise be enough would you wait for me I don't need a magic night to make me feel like I'm living in a fairy tale and all this love is real going to finish us for today gang so until next week tarara bit listen listen and that's a wrap for another show but if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast please be in touch there are also lots of different organizations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about please share this to spread the word until we talk next time tarara bit Listen, listen.